don't forget, it ain't the first 48, bro. It's 60 minutes, bro. Here's Ravens All-Pro fullback Patrick Ricard with a special message. Big shout out to Zone 32 Podcast. Check him out. Come at the King. You best not miss. You're now locked into this Zone Zone 32. Ladies and gentlemen, football is back. Welcome to another episode of the Zone 32 Podcast. It's a trio instead of a quartet tonight as Mr. Grant is doing his thing. Training camp, man, it's probably dead up in the bed ass tired from the conditioning test. But the three of us got you. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. We ain't got got time to say shout outs, but other people do. As training camp started, the official Zone 32 field correspondent for the Ravens training camp, Trippy, came through and talked to a who's who of players and received a few shout outs. Shout out to Trippy. Shout out to working on his birthday and everything. Shout out to all the players who sat out Zone 32. We do love you. Gus Edwards. Junior, junior you got to shout out junior correspondent Hassan, too. Um, you know, he, he was Hassan. also there. Shout took some cool pictures. Took some cool pictures, but apparently he's too shy to talk to the players. So that's from inside sources who uh, yeah, witnessed. He's our, he's our intern. He's our intern. Unpaid. He's somewhere, intern. But, somewhere between 12 and 16, so I don't think we can pay him legally. I think it's like child, child labor laws or something like that. So <laughs> That's right. We're an above board. We're an above board podcast. We don't. Uh, we don't. We don't partake in child labor and pay for it. We just get it for free. So that's yeah. right. Man, man's doing volunteer work under his own volition. So hey, child labor laws need not apply. So fuck off, dir. But anyway, training camp has started. The buzz around the room. Lamar Jackson's praising the Munkin offense. Odell's back making catches. Zay's looking sharp in and out of routes like we all expected. So Drew. Give me your excitement level, man, before we get into the other thing. I don't want to say 10 because that's kind of too cliche. Um, but, again, like we're going into a Raven season where we have an offense that looks good. Um, this is the most excited I've been since we drafted Lamar, I'll say. So, um, you know, pretty high up there. I, I don't love the new nickname for Flowers as a Zay Flowers guy, as the one who started the Zay Flowers bandwagon. Uh, human joystick was Dante Hall, so. I feel like we got to come up with a new nickname yep. for him. But I think um, that Lamar open. Lamar gave him that. So I'm pretty sure again, Lamar like gave him that. So he did. you know, we do have to respect he said where he it came looked from. like say looked like a joystick out there. I don't know if he said we should call him joystick. No, he I said think. joystick. He said his new name is Joystick. That's yeah. what he said. But but did you hear he has another one? Professor X? Yeah, I'll yeah go he with wanted that. Professor X. But right? again, so yeah, Dante Hall. Fucking stop stealing Dante Hall nicknames. How about that? Like uh, I don't know, again, you know. And we also know that Lamar is not exactly a uh, branding genius, given the entire gym. Um, so I, I don't know if he's the nickname guy. Again, Lamar does a lot of things great. Everybody's got to have a flaw. So I would say that uh, Lamar and his nickname abilities might be the uh, might be his Achilles heel there. Um, yeah. So Zay Flowers getting a lot of praise again. It's training camp. You know, not wearing pads. I don't want to get too crazy about that. But just the fact that. You know, he looks like he loves football. That's really the difference between him and the uh, other stupid midget that we used to first round pick on. Um, he looked like he wants to be there. He looks like he's, you know, all about football, the whole diva dog, not a diva thing that he went into the other day. Uh, love seeing that. Not a huge fan of Bateman not being, you know, I guess Bateman stood on the sidelines at the end of practice today. So I guess he's there and, you know, somewhat participating. I would like to see him run some drills. Um you know, Odell is Odell. I think that I don't think the Ravens have had a superstar of that caliber since Ray Lewis. 
And I'm not even sure Ray Lewis is on the same level as um, Odell, nationally speaking. Internationally. Maybe, yeah, even internationally. Like Od Odell is, you know, again, rubbing elbows with Drake and, you know, other fucking huge famous people. He's in Miami or Hollywood all the time. Like, I, I, I don't, I, it, it was kind of funny to watch like those little kids get trampled and shit while he was just walking down slapping hands up or the little kid who fell down and then was crying and Odell pulls him out of the crowd and like comforts him, you know? So he's a good guy too, obviously, but yeah, it's just, it, it, I don't think we've seen a guy like that in Baltimore before. So it was interesting to see that um, getting a lot of praise on the monk and offense too. And just a lot of people are commenting on like the speed between plays, which again, we've harped on, you know, fat fuck Roman up in the booth, uh, taking 45 minutes to put a play call in. And a lot of reporters are commenting on, you know, how quick they're getting back to the line on the in the 11 on 11 drills and running more plays. Uh, so love hearing that. Uh, um, and then Sala getting looks at uh, starting left guard is interesting because I know we kind of touched on that. Uh, was it like three, four weeks ago at this point where we were just kind of throwing names out of a hat of, you know, who could potentially be the starting left guard. And I think our consensus was that he was too big to be the starting left guard. But I don't know, you know, nothing, nothing bad coming out of camp yet other than um, Jaqueline is sitting on the sidelines sulking and is he even you know, on the sidelines? I don't think he's even been. Like, no, I saw, seen, I saw right? somebody, you know, somebody tweeted that he was um, out there watching the end of practice today. Again, I have no idea how true that is, but um, you know, him, Bowser and Bateman are kind of the uh, three to watch and the Bowser situation is weird. Cause I don't really know where that came from. It was just kind of like all of a sudden he was hurt. Nobody was really, right. you know, had any kind of clue where that came from and the visual of him walking into camp was bad i also think that that was a thick brace that he had on his knee and having had to wear one of those before like you can't really bend your leg very well you kind of walk funny with them but still like not a good look and um especially since we got you know, we have a jabo who you know played one game last year and we have oa who really hasn't done shit in his career like we don't have much depth at that pass rush position so you know starting off the year without bowser would be uh not not ideal. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that uh, he's fine and it's just, you know, they're being overcautious. And same thing with Bateman. Again, like this is kind of a make or break year for him. So it's not a good Yeah, Kyle Van Oy would be a good signing. Again, Grant's been pounding the table for Judavian Clowney. Um, I'd be fine with that too. I don't think Clowney fills the Bowser role very well, but I don't see why you can't bring in Clowney and Van Oy, especially if there's yes. long term concerns on Bowser. Uh, any Patriots fan. So that I know listening to this podcast will fucking kill me for the uh, Kyle Van Noy take there. But, you know, it's fine. We'll just sweep that one out of the rug. I spent years slandering him, just saying that he was fucking trash for those because he played for the Patriots. So, comes to Baltimore, I'll love him and say that he's good. Why, why do you think I talk so much shit on Pickens? Because he wears the fucking black and gold. Simple as that. No. If he didn't, then he, maybe he's a crazy person, but I wouldn't care less. So, just wanted on the I just wanted on the record, Jake supports people who beat up mentally handicapped kids. Just, just, just sort of. Hey, man. Hey man, if the motherfucker, if the little motherfucker's asking for it, then fuck your ableism, you're getting that ass whooped. That's all I'm saying. That does not fit our uh, morality clause. Morality clause nope. here at Zone Thirty Two. We're very nope. um, anti anti beating up handicapped people, but we we are anti ableist. We are not ableists. I was called, <laughs> I was called an ableist earlier today. Ah, uh, fuck By that. Who? Fuck that. By who? By that chicken oh, nugget. Oh, the chicken nugget. No. Oh, that that girl who that girl who quote tweeted you. Oh yeah, said they said that she hates here. I, again, Bengals fans have no sense of humor. Like None. let's 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 None. be real here. Okay, so first of all, everybody's freaking out about you know wants to be fucking internet doctor. That's a pop to Achilles. Oh my god, Joe Burrow's gonna die. Shut the fuck up. Like number one, you have no idea what you're talking about. 
Um, I'm not a doctor either, but I can tell you that the amount of times I've gotten up at three o'clock in the morning with a Charlie horse and hobbled out of my bed like that, trying to get it to go away, looking exactly like Joe Burrow. I'm, I'm going to say that it's, it was a cramp, maybe a strained calf, but this whole they actually, nonsense. They did, was, follow, they did follow up and say it was a calf strain. Yeah. And again, people are talking about, oh, oh my God, you know, they always say it's a calf strain first. And then the Achilles shows up on the MRI. Like they they know, Joe Burrow would know if it was an Achilles. You feel a pop. Like if he didn't feel a pop and he's saying it's a strain, then he's, he's fucking fine. Like, let's, I guess let's stop the, the only, just to play devil's advocate here, the, um, you know, if he did have a more severe injury and they don't want, uh, you know, to, to, cause they don't have to report injuries right now. There's no injury reporting, uh, you know, uh, requirements. What are they, what do they gain from hiding that though? Well, because if they want to try and bring someone in, cause I mean, their depth at quarterback sucks. It's really bad. Um, it's like, um, Trevor Simeon and somebody else. I can't remember who it is really bad. So if they wanted to try and make a move for a quarterback who, you know, um, they might actually need to lean on in the beginning part of the season, uh, whether it be sign like a Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, go make a move for let, let's think about, um, I mean, if Mike Brown wasn't such a raging racist, then he'd sign Colin Kaepernick tomorrow. Andy to Dalton. Honest. I don't know. You know, like I don't know if they, uh, Carson Palmer is probably still available. They want to go to that route. Um, you know, just go old Bengals quarterbacks. I, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see why they would cover it up if it was that serious. And again, like well, not I cover it up, but just not be as as forthcoming as forth, with right. the severity yeah. of it, so that they can do make some, uh, you know, some uh, contingency plans in the meantime before that they, uh, you know, everybody loses their shit. So. Regardless, like I tweeted, he had menstrual cramps, and you would think like I tweeted that I hope he died, and I was celebrating right. his injury. Like I was calling him a pussy. I know that Bengals fans are not too intelligent, and most of them aren't literate, so they probably didn't catch that. But right, yeah, it's just yeah. My my, I've I've actually muted Twitter, and I haven't opened it in a while because I just don't really care to read a bunch of uh, you know chili spaghetti incest fucks getting sad in my mentions. I mean, they were so in their feelings today with any mention of Joe Burrow. So, um. Yeah, the I mean, amount of shit that they talked about Lamar too. You think that they right? Would, uh, yeah, exactly. You know. No, my biggest takeaway with uh, camp so far is just the unsolicited praise for Zay Flowers. Uh, it's right. Crazy. That's that. That's kind of what has me like excited about him. And I don't know if it's uh like the Ravens do like to praise young guys. I know that a lot of the players but these are players. Kind of these are just players who are going out right. of the way. It's, to, it's yeah. like a different. Yeah, it's a different way of going about it. Like it, it doesn't seem like it's forced. Whereas I feel like in the past they've kind of. I don't want to say like they forced praise on rookies, but that's definitely been something. Like it almost seems like a, you know, oh, James Prochet's looked really good in camp this year, or you know, Devin Duvernay looks great, or Talon Wallace looks great. Like these are actual guys, like kind of like gushing over. Yeah. Well, like, and Sarah Ellison, uh, if you listen to the vault, I think it was the for the one that it was this morning's vault, but it was a, like a live stream from last night, and she's she's there, so she's seeing it, and she said the only guy that she can remember rookie at camp who just sort of like you know jumped off the page like this was Ray Rice, and she sees like a lot of of that same sort of like wow this guy's gonna be like immediate impact uh just he he looks different than what you expect to see out of a rook when you just watch not him. not an ideal comparison let's hope zay flowers doesn't end end the same way but yeah um, avoid the about, elevator my she, guy she is just talking yeah. about how he looks playing football in camp uh, as a rookie that's all so according to will we have to make sure zay flowers does not get a girlfriend and then we'll be fine that, that works for me 
listen. We all, need to make all, sure he doesn't no, drink in a casino and go in an elevator. No diva. That's all what we dog. need to make sure. He, he's not. Yeah. Going, he's 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 not all. He doesn't care about any of that other stuff. He he's, he's all about football. Doesn't have time for women just just running routes and you know being yep. great. Uh, yeah, and some of the oh my god, some of the reps we've seen with him and his route running and just drills. God damn, that guy, his feet, his acceleration, his change of change of uh, direction is just fucking insane. I, I hate when people say shit like, you know, eye test and things like that and use that as like their argument, like, oh, he passes the eye test. But that's what the eye test is. Yeah. Is that, you know, you just you watch him do something as simple as change directions or, you know, run a short in or something like that. And he just looks so much better than everybody else doing it. And yeah, not in pads. There's nobody really guarding him, but right. still just... You know, he looks. Just, he just he looks, looks different. different. He looks different. Yeah. yeah, and and honestly, the guy he reminds me the most of, and this is going to be another <laughs> uh, comp that is, you know, like you can make jokes about it, but the guy he looks the most like to me, the way he moves, is Tyree Kill. Yeah, did you see the uh, problematic video of him that surfaced? No, Ty- Tyree Kill. Yeah, the uh, his, his vicious assault on that guy in Miami. Oh, um, video leaked. Yeah. Oh, hold on, the one at the marina. Yeah, it was. It was probably the worst thing I've ever watched. I haven't recovered from it yet, so. So it wasn't so bad at all, basically. No, no, he okay. didn't see shit on. He barely saw I, shit on the video. I thought you were talking about when, the video that of him where he was like at a football camp and he just uh, like embarrassed the hell out of some like white kid who was playing cornerback against him. I, I actually I love those videos because like they're just fucking hilarious to me that everybody's like, oh, these guys are supposed to play nice with kids, and then for whatever reason something like snaps in their head and they go and well, he was he, he was like he was teaching, so he was showing. Uh, he was showing how to get how to beat inside leverage off yeah. the off the off the break. And so he's the funniest thing about it is that while he's doing it, he's like instructing and like looking at people, but like he's just so like on such a different level that the cornerback yeah, it's, like, it's, it's his muscle memory kicks in and he forgets yeah. that it's a ten year old kid well, in front of him and just well, torches. And this kid was like probably seventeen or eighteen years old. Like this was this yeah. was a this is not like a baby or anything, but he, he showed how to how to like uh, first move to to move the the cornerback out of the out of that leverage, and then he showed how to break outside. And when he did that, he basically threw the guy the kid on the ground. It was like it was fucking hilarious. But he like it was like one hand and like like you said, it's muscle memory. So it was like he he it you have to find it. It's just a very funny thing to watch. Muscle muscle memory on multiple levels for Tyreek Hill there, right? Especially yeah, if the, yeah. especially if the kid's under eighteen. That's yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. But it's fucking you know, full autopilot. Any anytime people are watching like, you know, professional athletes and they're like, you know, I could get out there and uh I could, you know, like it the whole thing, like, could you gain five yards as a running back in the NFL? Could you complete a pass, blah, 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 all that shit? Like, no, you could not. Anything anybody who thinks they can just go out on an NFL field and do anything like any of these guys do, they do not fully comprehend the 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 type how of many oppor- how many opportunities? Give me a, give me dude, a, give me a hundred give me a hundred carries and I like I like and an elite offensive line I like my you know my chances of getting gaining you'd, you'd be you'd be gassed by your seventh carry. Oh, I mean we're talking you know fantasy land here. Where, yeah, um, this is what I'm know, talking I, I about. That's like even that even that like turn off cinema. Yeah, give me a thousand tries. Well, you'd be dead by the fucking eleventh one. So I know. just like I like my chances of somebody falling down and then I can just fall forward for a yard. That yeah, the only my, the uh, only way that a like an average Joe can actually. Yeah win a rep against a pro is if the pro falls down or, you know, something makes a mistake. Yeah. yeah, Makes a mistake that has nothing to do with what the, the amateur did. It's just like they, they like tripped over an untied shoelace or a fucking banana peel or something, you know? 
Speaking of um, amateurs and, you know, people, we, we've been playing the uh, the joke that Grant's at uh, training camp. Um, we have a couple of videos from training camp here that we'd like to play. Um, and then after we play them, there's one in specific that I would like to uh, address. So is that a long enough pause? Yeah, I guess. Max, this is yeah. where you're going to be dropping those videos in. Max, put the videos in. All right. So those were filmed by uh, field correspondent Trippy, as we've mentioned before. Uh, one in particular that I want to point out is the David Ajabo shouting out Zone 32 podcast. Um, Grant's been having kind of like a rough go of it the last couple of days. Um, so, you know, obviously that happened yesterday and Grant was very anti-David Ajabo, um, regardless of how he tries to spin this online afterwards. He was livid that we did not draft George Pickens and said, you know, a bunch of horrible shit about David Ajabo of, you know, red shirt pick and this guy sucks and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know, man. Like, you know, again, and Grant is the one who came up with the name Zone 32 podcast. So it must hurt to see David Ajabo shouting out the podcast that he came up with the name for. Um, And then after that, you have all the videos of Sauce Gardner getting burned going online. So, well, just just ironic. Yeah. Ironically enough, Grant did try and get on the the podcast tonight before we started up, but he was, he's at training camp. He's in, you know, he, and he's in like, he's in with the rookies. So he's, uh, he's in the hotel. Uh, not allowed to go home and he was under the covers trying to 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 you know join the zoom so he had like a flashlight under there and next thing you knew uh ajabo and roquan came in the room broke his phone so two weeks in a row this fucking grant had his phone smashed to smithereens so i don't know if he's gonna i may or may not have dm david ajabo a picture of grant on zoom call under his um under his cover so yeah well rookie rookie hazing it's all in good fun (laughs) this is not yeah, I mean that's what it looked like because you know Roquan Smith and Ojabo are like not human, so right. Yeah, that was the best that you could describe what looked like what his phone looked like. But yeah, yeah, I mean again, just shout out to Trippy, and it is his birthday today. I don't know when this goes up, but you know, I assume he's yep. you know around our age. Yeah. Gonna, Either way, I'm happy to say birthday or belated birthday. Yeah, well, well, I mean, we've wished him enough bad birthday. I tried to get Lacey to get all the rookies to uh, sing happy birthday to him, but only. Um, Kyle Hamilton bullied Kai Blue Kelly into saying happy birthday to him. I don't know if you yeah, saw I that. Video, but that. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted Sala singing happy birthday to Trippy on video. That would have been phenomenal. That would have been fantastic. Yeah. Sala was six five, uh, six, five 380 pound guy singing happy birthday. To I've never birthday. seen someone be more confused by a Baltimore accent than him talking to Trippy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> supposed videos. Are, well, and so I'm like thinking of this from the player's point of view of. They just run on the field and like, you know, whatever, and have no idea. And then Trippy's just screaming at them. They're probably like, what? What is this guy saying? They've not been to Baltimore before and not interacted with the fans. Like any of the rookies are like, holy shit, they actually sound like this. It'd be great. <sighs> yeah. And, um, again, like this just, it's weird having a training camp that where our biggest concern is like, which guy that has potential is going to be our starting left guard. And like, are we going to pick up some edge depth and maybe, Maybe another corner. I don't even know. I mean, that guy from the Steelers that we signed is not anything special, but are we even looking for anything special at corner at this point? Or are we just looking for warm bodies that can maybe hang on the roster and, you know, injuries happen, they can step in and, you know, fill a void for a couple of games? I think he's just I, a comp- he's just competition for the slot corner role, whether it's Pepe, whether it's Kyle Hamilton. You know, Hamilton's going to be playing more safety, but he's just competition as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, it, yeah. it's just. I, we've said this every episode, basically every episode since, um, you know, really since the draft has been like JK Dobbins sucks and um, running backs are whiny and, you know, while wow, the Ravens are in great shape and we don't have any needs. It's weird. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. 
Well, and like, you know, um, Jalen Ramsey went down today. He's not going to be back until at least December. December so, torn meniscus. Yeah. Any, any, um, you know, pipe dreams that anyone had that we're going to go bring in some, you know, some legitimate, you know, somebody to compete for the CB2 role is no chance, no chance of that because there are teams that actually need a cornerback to start. So uh, I just, I, I can't see it happening unless somehow we pull off a trade in season, you know, and that would be based on someone getting hurt. I think. Well, and that point. would be, or ruckus and sucks. I mean, those are like, like it would be, if, if we're going to go pay for a CB2, like it's going to have to be because there's a legitimate need there. It's not going to, I don't think we have a legitimate need to right now. No, I don't think so either. But, you know, like, and I think if Marcus Peters hadn't signed on Monday, he'd be on the next flight to Miami right now. Probably. um, Yeah, I mean, it's a a thin position across the league. So we're going to have to rely on the depth we have. Uh, You know, Rocky Sin, as long as he stays healthy, I don't see why he would be a bad CB2. You know, I guess there's guys like like Fuller still available, but who knows his health because he's not even a full year out from – the he tore his ACL, ACL. right? ACL, yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. MetLife Stadium, yeah. So I don't know. It's like Bryce you know, Callahan's like the other name that I keep getting seen thrown out there, and again, he's a slot guy, so you know he's not really going to be an outside CB two. So why would we sign him? That we have so we have a ton of cornerbacks on our roster too. So I just can't right. see us adding another one. I just think it's going to be a a case of who who like rises to the top, uh, beyond you know behind uh Marlin and Rocky Sin. Everybody else is, it it is what it is. And, you know, like Brandon Stevens, they said he was going to play more of a safety role this year, but um, I could see him sliding back and maybe playing slot cornerback. I don't know. We'll see. Is Justin Houston a big move? Would you call that a big move? I think it's a, I think it's a fortifying move. You know, like, you know, if they want to like round out that group, I think it's a good, it's a good move considering what we already have. Uh, I don't see, I don't see the pass rushing, the, the pass rushers being like a weakness or uh, incomplete, I think but I think adding get, to it is good. Right. I think if you could get him, Yannick or Clowney for, you know, short money and you're kind of looking at him as like a veteran depth guy who has proven to be successful in the NFL. Um, I'm all on board for that. Like, I, but I wouldn't call those a big move. I think the only big move looming out there that we could potentially make is Chase Young. Yeah. I do think that Clowney, I mean, I think Clowney would feel like a big move to us, but I don't know that it would be considered a big move like outside of Baltimore. He's a big name. Yeah, he's a big yeah. name, but he's not as – I don't think he would be as big of a, you know, a role. Impact guy. Yeah, I think Chase Young, yeah. if he came in, would be, you know uh, – yeah, Chase Young is playing 75% of the snaps on defense right. if he comes up. Yeah, exactly. So – and I don't – I mean, I, I, there's people who are like, you know, you got to consider the source, which is fair, but – I mean, I I could I could see him being a guy that EDC has has sort of his radar locked on, and whether it be somebody he he tries to make a move for him sooner than sooner or later, I could see it being like a late September trade sort of thing. So I th- I think it was Spencer on the vault because he filled in for Sarah the other morning. I don't yeah. know if you listened to that one. Yeah, I heard, I heard I th- that. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure his you know quip was something to the effect of like EDC leads the league in phone calls. And he's 100% right. Like, if there is a name available, I, I'm positive that EDC is calling on him. Yeah. And so, at worst, he's monitoring the Chase Young situation. And if the price is something that makes sense for the Ravens, I feel like that's something he'd jump on. Right. Yeah. And if the price is anything, if it's like a third rounder or, you know, anything, if it's a second or a first rounder, I don't think it's happening. But if it's a third or or lower, then I think 
he would do it. Um, especially or just if, some kind of like conditional pick. If they were willing to take like a fourth that could go up to a second. Yeah. You know, I, I could see that being the move. Right. And that's, you know, that's one of those things like this year, you heard him say it so many times in the lead up to the draft. I have to, I keep reminding myself that our second round pick is Roquan Smith. If we trade for chase young and it's a fourth, you know, that can, that can go all the way up to a second round pick. If it goes up to a second round pick, that means he had a huge impact and he was worth every fucking, you know, right. he's, he's worth it because if we're getting, if we have a, if we have an elite pass rush to go with the rest of that defense, uh, I don't see a lot of teams being able to handle that. Yeah. I mean, Chase Young is just like an instant difference maker. And like you said, if it's something that we're given a conditional pick and it's going up to a second, that means he is coming in and putting up probably 10 sacks or, you know, at worst, he's drawing attention away from a job or OA and they're going to go off. That's so. the other thing. So like we have young pass rushers that um, would would benefit from it, who need to develop, but also, you know, who, who I think like a job. I don't know. uh I don't, you know, he's not, I don't see him as a guy you have to bring in like some other presence to, to get him to produce. I think he showed last year in very limited snaps that he can create his own opportunities, but Oway, I think would definitely benefit from someone like maybe, maybe one of my most unpopular takes, but David Ajabo made Aiden Hutchinson what he was like, yeah, again, yeah. watching, yeah, you've said wa- that many watching, times. Uh, watching enough Michigan football. Aiden Hutchinson is a very good football player. Like, don't get me wrong, but the reason why he, his sack numbers exploded um, in his last year at Michigan was because David Ajabo was such a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Like nobody could figure out how to block the guy. And so it was, yeah, this Aiden Hutchinson guy's good, but like we have to block Ajabo and then Aiden Hutchinson would come in free. So I, I think David Ajabo is going to be a huge issue for opposing offenses. Um, like they're, I don't stick my neck out much on rookies, but he, he's a guy that like, I think he's going to be like the steal of last year's draft. Yeah, me too. And we both have felt that since the second we took him last year. I, I still wanted him at 15, even after he tore his Achilles. Like I, that was still on the table for me of like, that was a guy that are 14. Can you imagine how people would have lost their game. shit? Oh yeah. They would have, <laughs> they would have had no idea how to act, but it's still, that, it's that, still just mind boggling that people question that we took, we got Kyle Hamilton and David Ajabo in the same draft. And people are mad about it because we didn't draft some fucking head case from Georgia. Like, right. just, I, I'll never, if we drafted Pickens last year, we don't have OBJ or Flowers, I don't think. Right. And and the same people are saying, well, uh, George Pickens would be the best receiver on the Ravens. We have three receivers better than George Pickens right now. Now we do. Last year we didn't, which is fine. Like, right. last year was last year. It's, it's also, now 2023. We also would have had George Pickens running routes uh, and Tyler Huntley throwing the ball, you know, 42 yards out of bounds or, uh, you know, trying to dive for a first down on, on third and nine, you know, yeah, he wouldn't have made us a better team last year. And no. I'll, I'll die. On, I'll die on that hill for anybody who wants to fight me on that specifically. But, um, you know, it's just, I, I think where the Ravens are now, you should trust what EDC does. And so if EDC's idea is that we go get Chase Young, then that's the right move. If his idea is that we resign, you know, Justin Houston or Jadavion Clowney or Yannick, then uh, I'm good with that too. Yeah, and you know, it, it really, really, again, like we're looking at this, and it's the J.K. Dobbins situation, and you know, Tyus Bowser's health, and you know, which corner kind of rises to the top behind Marlon? Like, how does that depth chart look, and how does left guard look? Those are really like the big questions. Yeah, and uh, you know, are you is anyone actually worried about left guard? Because I'm not. 
it's not that I'm worried. It's not that I'm worried about left guard, but like I feel like offensive lines take time to gel. And so if it's Salah is the move, I'd like to see Salah being the first team guy for the whole preseason and all of camp, because, you know, the longer he plays with everybody, the better the offensive line is going to look. You know what I mean? If it's one of those ones where it's like him and Ben Cleveland and they can't really make a decision and then, you know, they, they choose to go with Cleveland to start week one and he sucks and then you're going to bring Salah. And like, I, I don't like the, you know, jumbling up the offensive line. Like I'd like some, you know, um, I guess consistency there and kind of have the same group out there. So I'd like them to make their decision sooner rather than later. I know it's probably not going to happen, but that's that's more like my my thought process on it. So it's not really that I'm and, – and also, if you're not going to start Cleveland, like is he a potential trade guy? Um, is he somebody that you could look to move before the season starts? And I don't know what you would get back for him, but you know, if you're not going to play him, like he's kind of useless on the roster. I well, think. I think he – you know, with a, a trade for a guy like that, especially now with the – there's no mandatory cuts until – the end of the end of the preseason i think it would be he'd be a guy that gets moved much later in the in the preseason um it's sort of like bredesen i think bredesen was like in the middle of august or maybe yeah he was, he was pretty close august. yeah he was pretty close to cut downs yeah so just teams that know that they the the you know the group they have at the position is going to get cut down they don't have any faith in any of those guys and they see a guy who's been on an nfl roster with a good offensive line for a couple of years, maybe just needs a change of scenery. I think he's that guy. So he, you know, I, we're not going to get much back for him, but I think he could definitely be someone that gets moved. And you're definitely going to get more for him, you know, and especially if like a team deals with an injury too. That's the other thing you got to watch is, you know, what, what, what guards go down and, you know, maybe that's where you ship Ben Cleveland to, but if, yeah. if he can't beat out Salah, I think he's gone. I, I think like, this is kind of it. I don't him. even think that he's like, I mean, I guess he's in the, the conversation, but I don't even, I don't know that he's like, really it's not a like a two-man race he's you know i think he's like at the back of the line of like three or four guys and i just you know i look at him and i'm like he he's a guy who just mauls people and like i would love to see that out on the field but he just doesn't seem to i I don't know what his problem is i don't know if he just can't figure out the playbook like just can't put it together whatever it is he's got that that mean streak in him and that you know um it's stupidity. I don't know whatever you want to call it. Like he doesn't care about his own physical health and he's right. willing to just like throw his giant ass body at anybody in front of him. But you, you do need to have some kind of, you know, mental ability to figure out who you're throwing your body at. You just can't seem to figure that out. I would think that the, the monk in offense would simplify things for the offensive line too. Well, and that's what I thought too. And that's why I thought that, you know, so you would get the, you know, revolving door at left guard and the, you know, rookie camps and the um, OTA stuff. And then eventually Cleveland would come in, man, you know, within two days of camp, we'd be hearing his name every day, but his name just hasn't popped up yet. Right. I guess one thing that we can take away from camp too is everyone has already passed their conditioning test. So that's been a, that's been like a saga over the past decade. Um, Maybe even longer than that of, you know, somebody is like, there's some red flag going about somebody not passing it that like, what the fuck is going on here? And this year, you know, on day one, everybody already passed it. Who's gone? What? Who's gone? What 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 coach? Oh yeah, yeah, you're gone? right. You're right. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, people complained for years that the Baltimore conditioning test was ridiculous. And um actually Kyle Van Noy said he did the Baltimore conditioning test at home and passed it. And then I think it was Judon Wade and said there's no shot you passed it from home. Like it's way higher than what you tweeted. And so my guess is that they probably toned it down. Um, yeah, because probably. you don't have, you know, fucking COVID MAGA moron, Stephen Smith, uh, Stephen Smith, Steve Saunders, you know, running that shit anymore. Right. 
Yeah. Well, that, you know, so people long. were failing that before Saunders was ever in the building, though. I thought Saunders had been in the building for a while, and that he was always part of it. Maybe I'm okay. wrong. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm Could just be. adding history. I, to it, I just, no, that, yeah. that predates him. That predates him. Yeah, that because I remember Brian was, Brian McKinney. Yeah. We had a problem with him. Uh, Especially coming back, coming back the year after the uh, the Super Bowl, like he could Brian, not pass the fucking test. I mean, he was also like four hundred pounds. So yeah, he was that, huge. That he be, was huge. That could, that could be part of the He was also like he's a guy who does not get enough credit for that Super Bowl because he came well, in. He he, he, he solidified the offensive line. He Slid he didn't give up. He didn't, I don't think he gave up. A, I don't think he gave up a hurry even the entire playoff. Yeah. So like, and he was playing left tackle. So Joe Flacco having that immaculate. Uh, run that playoff that that has a lot to do with with Brian McKinney and how well he played. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think there's always like offensive line is such a weird position because I think we've talked about this before. If you get, you know, we love Cole at uh, Zone Thirty Two, but like he's a nerd. Like he'll spend hours watching offensive line film, and I feel like you know he'll pick up things about a player that maybe I necessarily wouldn't because when I'm watching a play, I'm watching the quarterback throw the ball or the running back run the ball. I'm not really right. watching what the offensive line does. Whereas somebody like him might pick that up. And so you almost never, you know, see what an offensive lineman does. Well, you only really pick up when they make mistakes. Yeah, true. Yeah. And so when somebody like McKinney steps in and, you know, has an immaculate postseason run, you're not seeing that he's blocking everybody coming off the edge. You're just seeing Joe Flacco through 12 to- or 11 touchdowns and no picks. Right. Yeah. But when a guy, when a guy performs that well over four four games like that, you gotta. I mean, I'm not gonna go back and watch tape on it. That's not no. what I do. All I know is Bryant McKinney, uh, like basically couldn't even get on the field during the season. He was like kind of like played himself out of a job, and then he was ready to go for the playoffs. They put him at left tackle, and Joe Flacco was clean. Went, went yeah. nuts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. All I, he, but then he came back after that Super Bowl year and could not pass the conditioning test. It was like we were three weeks into uh, camp and he was still struggling. So. Yeah, which is bizarre. Yeah, that 2013 Ravens team needs more like attention paid to how wrong that shit went. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Maddie, yeah. Maddie. So, sorry for beating you in the Super Bowl, brother. Here's Anquan Bolden. Just give me a sixth. We'll call it good. The ring. Is oh good God, don't do this. I just got into an argument with somebody about this online. Yeah, the Ravens had. On March, I don't know, fourth of that year, they had forty-eight guys under contract, and they had eleven million dollars of cap space to play with. And Anquan Bolden had a seven point five million dollar cap hit. He had to be the guy to go. And then Bernard That's Pollard fair. saved him like ten million dollars, gave him enough money to uh, sign their draft picks and fill out the rest of the roster. Like it's not rocket science. Well, we're not it was actually, oh, it was because it was 31. because that story. It was that story about um, Biscotti came out where he apparently was like big into recruiting Odell. And so I had some sarcastic tweet about how Ravens Twitter told me that, you know, Steve doesn't care and Steve doesn't want to pay wide receivers and he's an asshole and he should sell the team and he's a cheap fuck. And so I had some, you know, tongue in cheek tweet about how, like, I was told this by all these Ravens fans and I can't believe I was lied to again. And then, you know, the comments were inevitably, well, why didn't he pay Anquan Bolden again? And it's like, because you, you have to feel the full team. Like, this is, he, he was a casualty of business. Well, another, another, uh, false narrative about that was uh you know oh joe flacco got paid so anquan bolden they couldn't afford him anymore joe flacco's cap hit in year one was nothing it was like seven million but it was um yep that's correct not so the cap was like because I, I looked at this the cap was like 124 million um Suggs and nada were like 22 million combined um flacco was seven million like there was a lot of you know mid-level cap hits on that team already and so again, you can't survive an Anquan Bolden there. Or Anquan Bolden's the guy that you got to get rid of because you would either have to extend him or 
you know, rework his contract. And that just wasn't going to happen. Uh, you know, it, it sucks, but it, it's what happens. It's it's the business of football, especially when the cap was so low back then. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the bigger the bigger issue, which is a fair criticism, is that they only got a six round pick back. That's all. Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe that's uh, John doing a favor for Jim or maybe that's just, you know, the 49ers called and that was the only team that called on Anquan Bolden because they were the only ones that had the balls to ask the question. So, yeah, maybe you, you, you never you never really know what happened there. But I, I, I hate the revisionist history on that shit. Yeah, I mean, oh. just, uh, you know, a guy that played that well, um, a six round pick is, is crazy. But we've seen some pretty crazy uh, compensation and trades for wide receivers. So. Yeah, I mean, wide receivers are incredibly important and almost never get moved for what they're worth. Right. Yeah, because the shelf life could be one year. On like, you could get yeah. one good year out of them, and whereas you know, whatever the pick is, even if it's a six round pick, you could get three or four years out of that pick. So. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at the, I think when VD came on, we talked about this. Like, if you look at the digs for Jefferson trade, is essentially what it worked out to be. Like, if Buffalo has a chance to click the reset button on that, are they taking Justin Jefferson there? Instead of taking Stephon Diggs, I think they probably are. Yeah. So I don't know if they've ever even really recouped the value on that. Like, yeah, Diggs came in and has made Josh Allen an incredible quarterback, but what would he have done with Justin Jefferson? Probably more. Maybe. Probably done better. Maybe. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's weird. It's weird when you look at stuff like that, like, you know, at a couple of years after the trade went down. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, Diggs wanted out of Minnesota. So that's True. when when you, when you have a disgruntled wide receiver who wants to go and you're still able to recoup a first round pick and replace him with uh you know a better wide receiver. I th- I don't know that anybody lost in that trade. I think that ev- every single person, every 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 entity. So Diggs got what he wanted, both teams got what they needed. So I think it worked out well for everybody, but I see what you're saying. Like you remember that time the Ravens had a disgruntled midget wide receiver and then they had a problem at center for a couple of years. And so they traded him and yep. got a center to fix that problem. And then the next year they picked up uh, you know, actual like good wide receiver who was the same build and had a lot of the same skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy times. Yeah. Talking yeah. about recouping value, you know. Yeah. I mean, wide receiver wide receiver is a, a an enigma. You know, it's it, it's a it's a mystery that's constantly you think you have it figured out. And then shit. I mean, shit, look, shit goes left. Yeah. Look at Arizona. Arizona thought they were getting a fucking steal trading for Hollywood Brown. Yeah, yeah that's, worked out, that, lost that's, that that's worked out great for him so far. You know, the other day, you know, uh, it was like, who's going to break out this season? And I made a joke like the or uh, who's going to who's going to shock people this season? And I said the only way that. Marquise Brown is going to shock anyone as if he shows up to camp four inches taller and people are like, he's a good, good receiver. Like he's a solid number two. Yeah. Okay. He's a so- solid number two, maybe, but like, um, he's the number he one gets, receiver on the team now. So he gets the biggest pass in the world because of how much everybody hated Greg Roman. Yeah. But even, but even take it out, take that out of the equation. You just generally compare him to other wide receivers in the NFL. He's not a wide receiver one period. He's just not. So like, how can he take a step forward if he's the de facto wide receiver one on his team, but he's not a wide receiver one period just to cr- like you put him on. He's, any only, team, ever, yeah. he, he's, he's only ever finished top 15 in one stat category in his entire career. And it was targets. Right. So he's just, he's not that good. I, I don't know why people are so hung up on him and think that he's this great wide receivers, fucking, you know, angry little elf that is just not that good at football. Yeah. He can't even call him angry because he doesn't never played angry. He 
ran fast and didn't catch the he gets, ball. He gets he gets angry on the internet like uh, Twitter trainer Stobbins, but um, yeah, I, mean, you know, I don't even know about was, angry. He gets um, he, he, gets got, he got fair, he got he got fairly angry at me. I would say he he was not thrilled. Um, you know, wanted to have like a he, he didn't ask for my address, so I guess credit to him. But um, you know, he he was not he was not thrilled with things coming out of my uh, mouth online. I was actually disrespectful to him too, to be fair. So I guess I'll give him credit there. Um, he didn't go Kadarius Tony or J.K. Dobbins, but he still, you know, got mad enough to DM me and tell me to like go fuck myself, basically. I think his feelings were hurt. Yeah, his li- I hurt his little feelings. You know. Yeah. Shit happens. Fucking catch well, the ball and stop, stop fucking crying online. Then maybe I won't be mean to. Well, he, at least he didn't shave his eyebrows like Kadarius. But anyway. That's going to do it for this week's installment. We'll be back to dis- discuss this, that, and the other. But meanwhile, it's time for me to die. <laughs> like, people will probably think this is like a fucking planned bit, but it's just, no, it's, it's not. No, it's my audio. For, 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 a fucking, for, a fucking, for a fucking solid year, your audio worked, and, or didn't work, and we made jokes about it at the end of the podcast that, you know, Max pipe in the sound, and then we switch to Zoom and it fucking works, and now it just doesn't anymore. Yeah, but regardless now, I'm just going to wait for, you know, Patrick Bateman to show up behind Jake after one of these and hit him with an axe, because apparently that's, uh, I mean, we do have video of it, if, if that ever happens, so at least we could, like, forward that to the authorities and be like, hey, uh, we just watched a murder. Yeah. So, hey, Would you, you be okay if we use you to, like, go viral and get, you know, like, a lot of new followers to the podcast, be like, first football podcast to have a live murder? Take a of, course. What the, of course. What the fuck? Dude. Sell some, sell yeah. some RIP Jake t-shirts. Yeah. That's right. Be some R.I.P. Jake T-shirts. He died for I was, real. I was, I was, I was out on this this weird situation that might happen, but now I'm fully invested. I think we got to make it happen. Yeah. The shirts say we R.I.P. Kill Jake. Jake. He's he's really yeah. dead. Yeah, he's really dead this time. <laughs> he actually died. Yeah. All right, die one more time. Do you have like a cup or something you can put over your mouth? Maybe that maybe that would help. I could try this. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? It sounded like Worst. you were getting uh, like smothered with chloroform rag or something. Zone, zone 32. 32.